Welcome into the National Hour on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And this hour, always but always, brought to you by Bet365. Plenty to get into around the National Hockey League. And in a few minutes, we'll welcome in one of the newest inductors to the Hockey Hall of Fame, Ken Hitchcock, who sits fourth in winning as coaches in NHL history. And, of course, uh, part of the Stanley Cup team with the Dallas Stars. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to go first? Well, before we get to Hitch, do you want to talk about uh, last night in the NHL at all? Uh, want to talk about Brendan Gallagher or the Sabres or Sid? You know what? Uh, I think for me personally... The, the the two teams that have just uh, put a stamp on sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm talking about yeah. is the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Great Capitals place to start. because those are teams that were trending and I'll go back to last year as yeah. well towards hey, you guys got to kind of blow it up a little bit here. Yeah, I've been a, a Team Pittsburgh guy, but they started looking old and slow and they couldn't make it click. As the Washington Capitals yeah. have. And the Caps now 7-2-1 and one in the last 10. The Penguins have won five straight. I mean, those teams are once again in the top half of the Metro and positioned in a pretty good spot here. They got the standings oh up here, like Lord. a real TV show. Love it. Holy production <laughs> value. Frank the Tank yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, invited to a, a, an alumni event uh, uh, just prior to the season starting in Washington. And yeah, yeah, they still got some great pieces. Mm-hmm. But you were just wondering if, it's, it, was, if it was catching up. Now, the, 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 the most interesting aspect of even the Washington Capitals for me off the start is that this is happening with... Alexander Ovechkin with all but a couple of goals. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken... He's doubled his total. He's up to four. He's up to four. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, one of them was an empty which is, again. Which is what? A 25, 30-goal pace? Yeah, he tied Wayne Gretzky all-time for uh, empty netters. So we're not going to see the huge numbers, apparently, off of Ovechkin. And like at, at, at his age, yeah. 30's not bad. It's, it's Would it be deemed as a complete... Failure in your no, mind by the hockey world that a guy in his late thirties would bring down his totals from what we're accustomed to seeing in the fifties down to thirty. No, but it does change some of the conversation. A lot of people, like our boy Da, have been having, where it's like, yeah, if he's got fifty last year, if he only gets forty this year, or, you know, you start to see that tail, the scoring tail at the end of careers. But you know, how much does it thin out from there? But you're still in the ballpark of. Two plus years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's going to get there in all likelihood. I mean, it seems very attainable now, but it is interesting that you mentioned they're having success without him, but also their team goal differential is minus two. Like, they don't look like a loaded team to me that's going to be a threat throughout the season, so I'm not really sure how to so, who's talk tied, up the street. Do you know who t- is tied for second in uh, all-time empty net goals? Marion Hosa. Second oh, all really? time, yeah. Well, surprised here's that. the thing. I was actually going to say when you mentioned that about Gretzky. Yeah. Hosa, you could put on the ice. Yeah, same Block with shots, Ovechkin, steal pucks. Yeah. One of the best defensive players. Like, you've never thought Ovi. Like, 
it's been like a he'll shoot it in the net for I us. I think he thing, had right? one last night too, and uh, yeah, two of his four this year are empties. Yeah, that. but last night he had a, a shot at an empty net oh, goal did he? too. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, they're gonna every single time there is an empty net. You better believe. And it. the other thing is, quick uh, check for me quickly where Washington's power play is yep. because it's it's not pretty. I don't think it's pretty. All right, see what we do. Stats, teams, which again. Power play. The Capitals' power play is. Ooh, I'm going way down. Last in the league. Okay. Seven point three percent. I didn't know it was that. I did, seven point three. I, might. I didn't know it was that ugly. Seven point three. Last in the league. Yeah. So wow. that's another. That's really surprising for a team that's bumped up in the last two weeks. Shocking that it hasn't happened with Ovi's scoring yeah. or getting on a hot streak and the power play. Wow. Okay, as promised, uh, one of the newest members of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Joining us now, one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. Let's welcome in Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Hitch, you, you caught your breath since the weekend? Nick, I, I was okay through the weekend until we went to sign the book. And then standing on the riser behind me were a lot of the players that I coached in the NHL and in the, on the Olympic teams and stuff. So that's kind of where I... I lost it a little bit when I saw all the guys there. and That's why if you ever look at my signature, it's the worst-looking signature you've ever seen in your life. It's got so many shaky moments in it. So. Is, Hitch, is it as full circle of a moment or a weekend as you can ever get? And is it possible to absorb it all? Well, first of all, Going to Toronto, guys, is uh, I haven't been around the game, uh, you know, visually for a long time. And it's such an intense market and there's so much going on hockey-wise. Uh, it's a little bit overwhelming, but um, I'm, I'm really humbled by this. Like, I, you know, this is, this is a long way from running ice on an outdoor rink or, or coaching midget hockey. This is so far from that. And, and I, I was able to share this. Uh, we had a great family dinner with close friends. And then the Stars and Blues put on a function together, which was terrific. And that, to me, is the highlight. I, I got to share this with a, a lot of my family and then a lot of my close friends from when I coached and was in the league, to be honest with you. I mean, I imagine, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong here, but have you had a moment when you've been alone, you've just been like brushing your teeth and been like, Hall of Fame? <laughs> you know, like it's an incredible accomplishment, Ken. I, I thanks, Justin. I, you know, for me, it's it's when Lanny told me in the summer that I was going in. It it's the first time. You know, we we're guilty of never looking back. We we don't live in the past as coaches. We're yeah. either in today or moving forward. It's the first time I kind of had a pause and reflect of. Well, you know, this is what happened in my career, and it's it's given me a chance to pause and reflect and and think about some things uh, that happened because you, you you're so busy looking for tomorrow or looking for ideas for today that you don't spend any time reflecting. But this has really given me that opportunity to pause and reflect. Quite frankly, earlier this week, Hitch, we had uh, Claude Julian on, and they were playing the music in the background because I was still talking to him and. You know, I, and, and you've been on this show before, and I, I, I do appreciate uh, our conversations because, you know, I was an idiot, Hitch, 
in my career because sometimes I'd look at the coach and just say, shut up and open the door, you know, and let <laughs> Messier out and let all those stars out. And the longer you're out of the game and the longer you watch and you study line changes or when particular players are out at any particular time or how you need to drop into a, uh, you know, uh, a four check, uh, it, 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 you appreciate it so much more. But um, today to coach, today to hit your levels or Claude's levels on, on, on wins is got to be much more challenging for coaches today. And we just saw Jay Woodcroft and he was an up and comer and, you know, looked like he had a bright future, but the pressure over the first dozen games is incredible hitch. I'm just wondering, like, will we see anybody hit those levels of wins like you and Claude ever again? <laughs> you, you know what, Nick? I think it's really hard uh, being a long-term coach in the league now. I, I think we've become, the National Hockey League has become, for coaches, has become a little bit like the English Premier League soccer program. You know, three and you're done. And I think it's really hard to become a long-term coach because, uh, opinions by the players and by people in the game are so strong they can overwhelm a coach. And, you know, I, I looked at what, like, I've, I've mentored Jay for five years now, and I think he's a wonderful coach. I think he does a great job. But but when things start to unravel and, and then the stories come, is he going to last? Is he going to be able to make it? The, it? That becomes overwhelming. So the story the story does you in more than the actual facts do you in. It wouldn't surprise me that the Edmonton Oilers go on a tear here because they were looking like they were coming out of it even though they weren't winning games. And when you've gone through this adversity and you come out of it, you know what it's like. You can win forever. And uh, I think the same thing happened to a team like Washington. They had to change their style. Hmm. Now they check like crazy. They're, They're checking and their numbers over the puck are incredible. They're hard to play against. And I think once you get in that mode, you can win forever. But it's going through that process that costs a lot of coaches their jobs, quite frankly. You know, when you do take over a team, so Woodcroft is out and they they looked like a team that was about ready to turn it around. You know, what are some of the challenges? I asked Julian this as well, but just, you know, I think it's interesting to get different perspectives on the challenges for a new coach it, like Chris Knobloch taking over an Edmonton Oilers team where, you know, can you change systems at this point? Can you change lineups? What does he have at his disposal now that he's taking over what has been a recently successful team? Well, I've experienced this before quite a bit. And to me, number one is that you better partner up with your leaders right away. Yeah. That's, that's really, really important because they're the guys that are going to be your – your guide, and they're going to be the people that if they buy in, the rest of the team's going to buy in. To try to get it and, and involve the whole group is impossible. So if you think you're going to coach 23 guys into this, it doesn't work that way. Hmm. You've got to coach four or five guys, get them to buy in on a really solid foundation, and the rest of the guys will follow. And I think that's critical. Sometimes sometimes we get too involved in coaching too many people, and I, I get it that we instruct 23 but we really coach those first five, those leaders that are responsible for the direction of the team. And that's got to be the partnership. And you've got to include them in everything, all the decisions, uh, all the framework, any changes in systems. you got to get them to buy in 
before you can expect the the group to um, to come along with you know for the ride. But I, I've really uh, found over time that if I can convince my leaders and my best players to check, I've got a real chance to turn the thing around quickly. From the 2023 Hall of Fame class, we are joined by Ken Hitchcock, the fourth winningest coach in NHL history. Uh, Hitch, one of the easy things to do in, in Edmonton is just point the finger at at uh, at their go- at the goalies, and uh, at the end of the day, say that Jay Woodcroft was goalied. You know, I'm asking you, out of your 1,598 career games coached in the NHL, how many times were you goalied? <laughs> You know where we were goalied, Nick, is um, not because our guys weren't. Our guys were good, but we we had and we were playing unbelievable hockey in St. Louis, and we lost to Crawford, to Crawford again, and then to Quick. And we had a chance to really make a run on cups, but those those guys, those two guys were incredible. I don't know that we got out goalied. Uh, our guys were 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 strong, but those guys were incredible. And we were talking about it over the weekend here. We lost to Los Angeles, and we outshot them forty-two to fourteen in the decisive game. And Jonathan Quick was incredible, and that's what you need. And I went through it. I I had Eddie Belfort, and and we went on a four-year run with Eddie, where he was our best player by a mile, and. Uh, uh, when you've got a goaltender that can dominate that way, it's like gold. And when you look at you look at Aiden Hill and the way he played, I mean, he saved some games, and and I think that's critical. Uh, it, it's not that you de- it, you can really go on an extended winning program and win championships if you've got great goaltending. Good goaltending gets you a, a little bit of the distance, but great goaltending takes you all the way. Ken, when you look at the coaches around the NHL today, are there any in particular that you admire? Um, and, you know, and why would that be if there's any that stand out to you? I don't want to get so much into names, guys, because, there, yes, there are some people that I'm really impressed with. But I can tell you right now, the coaches that get their teams to dive into the checking part of the game, not just playing defense. That's easy to just play defense. You can mirror people. Yeah. But the teams get their players to play through people, uh, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with. You look at the job that Dave Haxtell did last year, and that team checked right through you. Um, you look at some of the teams. That are, like If you look at the teams right now that are on top of the heap, they all check really well. And I think that's the, that's the sign of a coach because that's a very hard thing to get your team to do, to check. And you see the ones that are having success. I think it's there's a reason is that they're the coach is demanding it and the players are falling in line. I'm going to throw three teams out at you. Hitch, Boston, the Rangers, and, and Dallas will exclude the Stanley Cup champion uh, Vegas out of this. Uh, like, what's been most impressive uh, in, in any of these three teams? Well, first of all, Nick, for me, Boston. Boston has a great spirit. And that that team has defined leadership. I know, you know, you're worried when you lose Krejci and you lose Ber, uh, Bergeron, but they've got a defined leadership, and they're going to be around all the time because they there. You can see their leaders are their best players. Their leaders are leading in the right direction. They're in really good shape. For me, 
Dallas, same thing's happening. Like they are in a situation, quite frankly, that they could go on long, long runs here mm-hmm. because they're veteran players. Uh, even in, as they get longer or older in age, they're still uh, they're still more than co- uh, com- uh, competable, or they got a group that they can you can really compete with. And they've got all these younger players that are coming on. So to me, they could go on extended runs here for quite a few years. And the Rangers. The Rangers are learning how to play the game. I think Lavi's done a great job there. The Rangers got numbers over the puck. They're not chasing from behind, and they're hard to play against because they can play extended minutes tied and beat you at the end with their skill, or they can have a one-goal lead and really carry it for a period and a half or two periods and do a great job with it. The Rangers are learning how to play winning hockey, and you can really see it coming forward right now. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned a, a couple of times now leaders. And so when you coach your group, you're coaching four or five guys. Um, you, know, you see the importance in those guys. What is the difference when you have vocal leaders versus leaders who just lead by the way they play? We had Matt Sundin on earlier today. And Kip was talking about how he was a guy who just kind of went out and did what he did, right? Because he led that way. You know, what is the difference to a team when you have these different types of personalities that are leading your team? I think that's one of the big changes in the games, guys. You know, when Nick was playing and stuff like that, you'd had quiet guys that would just come and play and show the way. I don't think you can do that now. I think leadership has to be vocal. Hmm. I think because there's, there's so many tugs and pulls on the players away from the rink, around the rink, uh, a lot of people involved in their lives other than just you as coaches. I think you need real vocal leadership if you're going to be successful in the league now. And I think that vocal leadership has to be up front with your best players. And I think when you look at the teams that are having success, their top players, their captains, their leaders are really vocal. And I think that's the only way you can have success now in the NHL. Okay, Hitch, I want to take you back uh... You know, in, in your reflection mode uh, as a coach and looking back at your career. And we had earlier this year uh, to start one of the most bizarre uh, dismissals of a head coach in, in Mike Babcock in Columbus. And I'm, I'm not asking you to uh, comment on that necessarily. But what I am asking you is, you know, over your weekend, when you look back at your career, do you sit there at times and reflect on some of the things you said and did over your career where just today, you know, it's, it's much different. And is there a part of you that says, I'm sure glad I'm not maybe starting my career today because I, I, I played for Keenan, you know, there's, there's others. I caught a little bit of Pat Burns. You guys set a tone, you set a bar, you either hit it or you get out of the way and I'm just wondering if, if that came into play in terms of your reflection this weekend. Yeah, it did. Uh, um, and that's why I wanted to, I said it in my speech. I, 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 I'm in awe of the players. I'm in, in awe of the level of sacrifice necessary to win in the National Hockey League. And I was really a fan of the players. I couldn't show that when I coached. I, I, or I, at least I didn't think I could show it anyways but I was really a fan of the players and I I wanted to tell them all. And I I tried to anyways on the speech that how much I appreciated their effort, their commitment and their sacrifice. But I think now uh, when I look back on it um, and you look at the coaches now, you got to be really careful. You got to be really selective 
um, because there are so many other factors that influence the players now. Um, and you got to be really smart at the way you handle it. I, I think the biggest change for me, Nick, is that when I coached, um, you provided or, or at times demanded a direction that you wanted to go, and you just took the players there. And I think now you, you've got to sell it ahead of time and get a buy-in ahead of time before you even start down the path. I think that's the biggest change in coaching. And you've got to be able to present a case that there's going to be success with it before you can even start soliciting a buy-in. Well, you know, here in Toronto last year, there's an issue where Keith, you know, called out one of his players. He apologized the next day. We, we talk about it all the time here because it was kind of a weird event. Um, you know, where do you fall on dealing with stars and discipline now? Because, you know, there are some times I'm sure you'd like to staple a guy to a bench. I, I don't know if it's harder now or just how that relationship has changed, I imagine, um, impacts coaches' ability to really dole out discipline and ice time today. I think that's where you've got to really be smart. I think if you're going to be critical, it has to be a we critical, not not a them or an I critical. I think if you're going to criticize your team because you didn't like the way they played, you've got to use the word we all the time and not single out people. And when there's success, I think that's good to single out people for their if they've had great accomplishment during the game or they've played really well. I think you're you're well within your line to single that out. But boy, when you're criticizing, everything has to be a, de- a, a we and you can't get pointed because it grows legs. I remember when I was in Edmonton and I made a comment about um, uh, there was a time that there were some shifts with some of the younger players where we kind of dumped it in the neutral zone and changed and or turned it over in the neutral zone and changed. And that drove me crazy. And I pointed it out and that story grew legs for a month. And uh, that was a real eye-opener for me because mm-hmm. in the past, people had moved, would have moved on, but they weren't. So um, I think you got to be really careful, and I think you got to really be able to keep it at the Wii and not get pointed because I, I think that story will be there and it'll stay with the, you and it'll be part of your lore, and you don't want that to be part of your lore. Hitch, I got to ask you for our Sportsnet 960 uh, listeners in Calgary, uh, Jonathan Huberto, who uh, is, is struggling immensely. Uh, um, how would a Ken Hitchcock maybe 20 years ago handle Jonathan uh, or, or maybe a, a, a Ken Hitchcock today handle Jonathan? Because I mean, he, he scored 115 points not too long ago, and, and now he looks like a 50 or 60-point guy. Like, how, how, how would you get Jonathan going here? Well, I've had a lot of that before, and I, I use the same method. Um, you either trust the player or you don't trust the player. And if you trust the player, then you got to put him out there in situations where he feels like you have confidence in him. And that means that you've got you've to take risks and, and put him out there against top players or in critical situations. First of all, not talk about scoring, not talk about points, but talk about game-like situations where you trust this guy. Put him out there where it really matters. Give him that confidence that he can play against top players and then let his skill take over after a while. Because his skill, all of a sudden, he isn't going to wake up and start scoring two points a game. It's going to be a gradual process. But in the meantime, he's got to feel like you trust him. And being able to play against top players, putting him out in critical situations, start of games, end of periods, stuff like that 
is really, really important because the player's confidence will grow because he feels like you trust him and then his natural skill will take over. I've always found that that when you're working with players who uh, who are have lost their confidence, they become very aloof on the ice. You, 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 there's games where you the, the saying you'd have is, boy, was he ever quiet. And you've got to bring the noise, and the way to bring the noise is, is to put him out there when it really matters and see if he can grow from there. Hitch, great stuff as always, man, on our show. We really appreciate your time, and once again, congratulations on uh, your induction. All right, thanks a lot, gang. Thanks, Hitch, appreciate it. Ken Hitchcock. Awful guy. Do you think oh, yes, if, 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 excellent. Do you think if <laughs> Brett Hall's watching and listening, he's like, who was that guy? <laughs> Where was that? I was actually thinking of how I used to think about Ken Hitchcock when I used to watch the NHL, and he was kind of a hard-nosed, you know, he would really wring the most out of guys. But it's interesting hearing what a thoughtful, you know, he really thought a lot of this through, and that was just the way you coached then. There's a great story that uh, Reeves tells about Hitch. I don't know which podcast it's on, but he does a long story about Hitch getting mad at him and yelling at him, and it's hilarious him doing Hitch, the impression of Hitch. It's incredible. But, yeah, yeah, it's right. It's like he's a hard-nosed guy. And then you hear him talk there. It was just like, that was the most insightful hockey conversation. There's a method to the madness, right? Yeah. So every once in a while, we're all in New York, uh, Keenan, telling stories. And then there'd be Brian Leach whispering in my ear, I don't remember it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all, you know, hanging around my dad and his buddies. There's a lot of, well, I'm not sure it went down quite like that. Uh, don't, let the, don't let the truth get in the way of a good yeah, story. Exactly pal. Right. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. As long as you win at the end. That's it. Right? Yeah. He's a lot, of, a lot of guys, much like Keenan, at the end of the day, he's, he, he can't take away the fact that that guy just pushed enough buttons to help you become a champion. Win and, and that, win and You win. can never take that away from hard asses like that in, in that era. Yeah. And you know what? He's still a guy that you know does consulting for yeah. NHL coaching staffs at St. Louis. I think most recently, and you know he's he's very in tune with today's era of hockey player. Yeah. All right, game time, baby. All right, it's game time. Presented by Bet Three Six Five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Must be nineteen plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I think today is a good game time, boys. What do you got? Well, I got the Oilers again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like I think bet. I'm going to ride the Oilers here for a while. Uh, I'm going again, another, the horses lead the way. Connor McDavid goal, Leon goal, and the Oilers minus a goal and a half pays plus 575. Uh, cash last time, right? It, it did. It wasn't a minus goal and a half, but the last time I went with it, it did cash. So going back to the well, I just feel like they're yeah. going to light it up again. And going against a team where I, I don't know where they're heading, Seattle. They're heading. Right? Way like, down. You, you uh, kind of won me over a little bit, JB, on... Just overachieving last year. Yeah. I, I mean, there's lots to like about their defensive play and they can goaltend and all that sort of stuff. But to me, you just can't bank on, you know, solid play from solid players. You need to have some elite guys and they just don't. Well, at the end of the day, like Schwartz is a good player. Eberly is a good player, but they're not frontline guys. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you love your those team. Those are all complimentary guys. Line. What do they yeah. have? Uh, they... They got really a lot of mileage last year out of maybe three third line type of yeah, like Matty Beniers had a good rookie season, yep. but his rookie season was fifty six oh, points or something. Can't put the puck in the net. Has he got one yet? Sammy, what's 
Matt, do you have? Uh, he has Jeremy. a number, which is one. Ugh. Minus 15 in 16 games, one goal, six assists, seven Minus points. 15. And he yeah. was looking for the a bag. long-term. He, he, he thought he'd be one of those guys. And I guess the Jack Hughes you? Rookie, deal. Rookie of the year. Why wouldn't you try to lock me up now for eight? Yeah. But, you know, second line listed right now is Jaden Schwartz, Alexander Wenberg, and Brandon Tanev. Okay. Um, Fine. Fine players. The next thing I have here on game time is... Bo Horvat returns to Vancouver tonight. Yes. And, boy, yeah, there's just been a lot of conjecture in that market. I mean, I'm, I follow Are they booing of, him or not tonight? That's, that... But that's a hot-button conversation in Vancouver. Yeah. Is like I've, I follow a ton of Vancouver people very in that scene on Twitter, and they are very bent out of shape about this. I mean, you know, would you boo him? Whatever. How do you boo but a guy whose team to, wouldn't pay him? For the, so reve- he... the revenge factor tonight is a Bo, Bo Horvat goal and the Islanders winning is plus 375. I would imagine that nice shiny contract that he put he would put some of that on the board tonight i would imagine oh, i imagine he's putting there's, up a couple there's a couple shekels up there yeah. Tonight, yeah. so i you know yeah i i don't I, love I the islanders but i did not see at this point back then yeah that jt miller being the hot guy in the league and bo hard no struggling right yeah i just flipped never saw that coming and just now think about the fan base in Vancouver and how, how what what a great feeling knowing that our team's going this way yeah. and, and the Islanders are going down. I know Horvat said a salty thing or two on the way out the door, but, you know, it seemed primarily about the fact that the yeah. team didn't value yeah. the nine years he put in on yeah. losing teams being like their only horse. The captain of a crappy team for yeah. a long time. So, so I, I, you know, to me, he was a good Vancouver Canuck and should be supported, but hey, as you've said, people pay their money. They're fans. If they're upset at them, if do I, your thing. If I'm going there wearing my skate jersey tonight, I'm definitely booing. Boo Horvath. No, I think I give him the, I give him the, the standing O at the start, and then the second that puck drops, baby, boo every time he touches the puck. That's how you, that's how you handle it. That's how you handle it. Uh, so a couple of more quick things here. Started checking in on odds to make the playoffs. And the reason I bring this up is because I find this very fascinating. Is this leading into the segment we want to do, which is called, Are They Good or Do They Suck? That's my, that's my dream segment. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get day. to it. We just need to sell Kipper. Um, the Oilers are minus 175 to make the playoffs. Whoa. So pretty the, prohibitive the favorites. I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I, last time I checked, they had single-digit points. Uh, let me just double-check that. Yes, yeah, still single-digit point, nine points. Wow, that's a like I know yeah. I know they're really they're good, but it's a first big, in the NHL big time uphill, no, uphill H- climb. Hitch made an interesting point that they may have already started it even before yeah. they got rid of Jay Woodcroft in in Seattle. Yeah, it's just crazy you can't even get value on it no. now. They're Plus one forty five to miss. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, no, he he did mention that like this is probably going in that direction. And, yeah. and, God, they just dug the hole so that's what deep. I mean. You know, that's a, I do not recommend that bet. Not a 175, no. Skinner has looked great since Jack Campbell's left. Boy. Yeah. Jack right? Campbell and Jack's, had... what, 12 goals in two games? Yeah, apparently he let in a 60-foot slapper last night. I mean, he's a guy whose like, performance has hinged on his mental state and that can't be great in the American no. League. Um, and a couple uh, other... I hope, he, I hope he figures it out. Me yeah, too. I really do. Totally rooting for him. And a couple other ones for the playoff odds, just quickly before we go. Books are believing in the Penguins. Minus 175 to make the playoffs, yep. but not the Capitals. Plus 185 to make the playoffs. 
So they're a pretty heavy underdog to make the playoffs, and the, the Penguins are a pretty heavy yeah. favorite to make it. Yeah. So like the books know what they're like, doing. Did they get faster? Seven percent power when, play when, from Washington. When Backstrom to... left, did they get faster? Like I don't know, maybe. Weird one. Hey, seven. Strom scored a nice goal last night. Wow. Strom, he's been good. He's been really good. All right. That was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. And then we're back. We'll discuss a little Brendan Gallagher last night calling out the officials. <laughs> oh. He was right, too, Sammy. <laughs> it's a right. Sammy, <laughs> save it. <laughs> save it. Do I need to call you a wambulance? <laughs> <laughs> More of the Sammy crying after the break. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you guys think at some point, like, Sid, either this summer or training camp or at the beginning of the year, said, time out with Austin and yeah. Connor here because I'm not going anywhere. I do think that this year that Sid is starting to have is how you end up with freakish end of career numbers. Like right when everyone's being like, okay, now it's time for you to pack it in. Sid is at 19 points in 13 games. I, yeah. I, he's going to be one that when he's done, it's going to be really sad. Because he's been, he's like next to Matt. He's my favorite hockey player ever. I love Sidney Crosby. Yeah, we got to see. There's a, there's a, there's a, yeah, you know that jersey. He gave me a pretty great moment at a really good time in my life when he oh. scored that goal. That was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, was pretty special. Listen, he's the just most play forever. Sid, he please. is the most complete hockey player in the league, and Connor's not there, and neither is Austin. That's, neither you is know, Jack Hughes. It, None it, of them. He is the most complete. No shortcuts, does everything the right way. No cheating. Yeah. I mean, that was Patrice Bergeron, only Sid was doing it plus 30 points on yes. him, right? I mean, the numbers are pretty baffling. Yeah, he's plus eight, 19 points yeah. right there. Well, but he's between Matthews and Dreisaitl yeah. on the and leaderboard. Watch, watching him last night, he's a, just a pain, too. Like, he's got to the point where he's got the leeway with the refs, where he... He gets away with a oh, ton. He, he's hacking, whacking, like he cares so much. <laughs> yeah. It's just like God. You can't teach that. And yeah. again, if if you're gonna score, the whole idea is that you do more of the scoring and less of the shoveling the puck out of your own net. Mm-hmm. And that's where Connor's failed and Austin's failed for the Leafs this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Austin's up there with the total goals, but I, I'm a big plus minus guy until it's not a factor, but this mm-hmm. is a factor. Successful teams with their stars are now plus. Yeah. Look at Vancouver. Go look at JT Miller. Look, go look at uh, Pedersen. Go look at uh, Hughes. Like you cannot saw off your goals and yeah. Sid and uh, Carlson, I think uh, Malkin, I think Math- Matthews is a plus player. Kipper. He's what plus is, one. What is, what is Matthews? Mar- Marner's minus one. What is Matthews, one. Marner, Tavares, and Nylander total? Oh, plus minus. Who am I, a mathlete? I don't know. <laughs> you can give it to me in two seconds. What are they? Plus. I can give you three of them. Plus one. 
Right now they're even between Nylander, Matthews, and Marner. Yeah. So let's find out what Tavares is at. I bet you he's minus. Maybe minus there he one. Is, minus two. So as a group, they're dash two. But combined. As a group, they're dash two. Yeah. Yeah. Now go to Pitt. Give me anybody. Sid's plus, Sid's plus eight. It's not. Right? He's plus eight. Okay. This is the on-air SAT today. No, I'm just. This is this is how you're starting. Hitch said it. Hitch said it. Yes. Claude Julian says it. Win your minutes. Uh, your, your important players, your best players, have to be a lot more in that end and a lot less in, in your own end. I, For sure. I, the, the, the Marner Matthews group has been struggling this year. And, you know, blame it on the left winger. The coach has talked about how it's the two of them, you know, quietly here. Marner doesn't have a point in three straight games, which is unheard of for him. So, you know, I look at Sid's numbers here, and he's up to 1,521 points in 1,204 games. Probably going to get to 1,000 assists this year. He's at 961. I, you know, it, it's incredible, but you wonder where he would be without that two-year sort of injury in and out of the lineup. Yeah, his concussions. In the neck. And, like, he, there was, it was really scary there for a while about him playing. Like, remember there was, like, is he going to be able to come yeah, back? Yeah, I, and... I had real concerns at one point. I actually, you know, interesting you mentioned his total career numbers. I had a friend mention to me. He's in, like, if he has two more full seasons, he's in, like, gaudy territory. Well, right now it's really good. the second NHL player ever to hit 2,000 points? What's he, 500 away? He is, yeah, he's under 500 points away. So 400 and some points away, you know, yeah. if he's a I nine- just don't know if you can keep him that interested for five more years. And it may be more than five years. Uh, like yeah, he's not going to get to 100 every I, year. I don't see him sticking around or babysitting and like, listen, I mean, Kyle Dubas went really all in. On, oh yeah, on this, well, right? what choice do you have? Right, he's all in on Sid, and it's definitely enough to hold his attention right now. But I don't know what this team's <laughs> going to look like in eighteen months. You think if they get bad, Sid will say, "I'm still an NHL player and a very good one," but I'm just going to go back to Cole Harbor? Uh no, I see Sid shutting it down before. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you might go somewhere else. Um I I do see him shutting it down before ever going to another organization. Yeah. Wow. The only question is is how long can Kyle Dubas keep him interested in thinking he has a chance to win because I don't see him as a babysitter. Mhm. Uh everything's great. <laughs> yeah, 479 points is a lot. But if he had a played two more years, let's give him 100 points in those two years that he would have played, yeah. right? Like, Yeah, he's... Oh, his numbers are going to be off the charts. Because he played yeah. for, from, in three straight years, he went 41, 22, 36 games played. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize there's that many missed so, games. So if it's 82, 80, you know, 80, 80, like he's up in the 1,700 range, yeah. 1,800 range, and it's like, holy crap, this is, this is a real thing. Yeah. But again, the model of consistency, because I don't think he's ever had a year where he had more than 120 points. No, I don't think he has either. He's, he's, he has had one year of 120 points. Yeah. One. One. And yeah. he's been over 100, one, two, three, four, five, six times. So he just kind of gets rookie. a lot of points every yeah. year. But yeah, to your point, he's also... I just I think my defining Crosby memories will be... Well, we had obviously the golden goal. Yeah, that was great. The um, Ovechkin hat trick game where yep. they both had the hat tricks, but also the battle with Giroux in one of those playoff series. Yeah, where when they beat him, and everyone's like, "Is Giroux the best player in the world?" <laughs> yeah. Remember that? 
Yeah, but there was real nastiness between yeah. those two, and it was the competitiveness that stuck uh, out to me. Yeah, because he's like, "What?" Remember you asked him? He's like, "Because I don't like them." <laughs> yeah. Like he got, he hated them. Yeah, that was a good rivalry. He's the only thing I wonder. Right now, Sid. The only thing I wonder about Pittsburgh is between now and say the trade deadline. Like, where, where's Kyle? What next level can Kyle go to help this team, or is this? This has to be pretty much your Stanley Cup team because well, this is, there, there's not much in the cupboards there, right? No, but this is why already, I stuck with Pittsburgh when people were saying, oh, this Pittsburgh team's slow and no good because, you know, Dubas will be doing something. I know they, they're up against it and not a lot of assets. They'll do something. They have but, next year's what, first and the following year's first. They don't have, let's say they don't have this year's first. They have 2025, they have 2026. They have this year's second, no second next year, and the second yeah, this, round after that. Little thing. They've already... They've, and, and this is still coming off of Jimmy Rutherford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he spent. So I, I don't know where he he can further deplete the organization to win now. Yeah. So that's that's another factor on, on where Pitt goes. I've come to it. I don't know where other Leaf fans are on this, or I guess the Dubas hating Leaf fans. But I watching, yeah, the, watching the Penguins last night, I, I can't do it. I can't hate on Sid. Yeah, I, I have to root for the Penguins. Really? Yeah. Overrules the Dubas. Yeah, it does. It does. It's yeah. just like I can't watch Sid and be like, I want this guy to lose. Yeah. Like I'm watching him karate chop it from below the goal line into the net. I'm like, God, he's so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's amazing. Patrick. Just yeah. the redirects. That's that's so sick. It's like him and Pavelski around the net. Basically yeah. one, two. Anyways, love you, Sid. Hope you're listening, bud. Uh, <laughs> he's not. Okay. As we promised, uh, Brendan Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Coming off a loss. Where, at least last night, they thought they would take a crack at uh, maybe getting a chance to tie it up, which yeah, Mont- they Montreal still did. getting frustrated here, but right? He took a late penalty last night and had some choice words, didn't he? Yeah. So was it Lindholm was behind the net? Jeffrey Flames players behind the net. Uh, he's protecting the puck and he backs into the back of the net and falls over while Gallagher's yeah. there. Gallagher yeah. gets the penalty. Uh, old Brendan was not very happy about that. Would you like to listen to him? Oh, very much so. All right, Derek, play the clip. He can't make that mistake. It's, it's obviously a real important part of the game. He's in the neutral zone. His partner's right there looking at it. He didn't have a penalty call. Their bench reacts, and he's, he makes a reactionary call. It can't happen at this level, and he knows that. Yeah, I, reasonable. I, I did see the play. Super professional. I, I saw the play, and it was the back official, the one that's on the goal line, who had a probably a much closer better angle Mm -hmm. than a center ice official doesn't make the call. Yeah. That drives players nuts, doesn't it? Oh, that makes people mental. When you're like a guy looking right at it and a guy that's 100 feet away is like, yeah, that drives them nuts. That's tough. So, you know, they lose to the Canucks on Sunday, lose to the Flames last night, you know, partially on the back of a call there. They got the Golden Knights and the Bruins for their next two games. They're down to 500. They already handled the Bruins once. Yeah, true. But Montreal is starting to look more like what we thought. Not that they're bad. They're they're playing. They're competitive this year, but they're still going to be. Josh Anderson five team like. had a grade A chance to tie the game. Markstrom pulls uh, the big Bernie Perrant glove save. Don't look now. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Does He doesn't have a goal yet. Josh he, Anderson. He doesn't have a goal I don't think he has a goal. many goals enough well, to necessitate no, I, I an think entire stat column. I think it's full goose egg. It's because they haven't played the least enough. <laughs> Does score against them. But Flames 5-8-2, Oilers 4-9-1. Here they come.
Yeah, he's oh, he's sick. He's got a bagel in uh, sixteen games. That, like, I went my first fifteen games as a fourth liner <laughs> without yeah. my NHL goal. Yeah, and I was going preoccupied with bananas. Him. Yeah, I can't imagine a guy making five million bucks a year who has a much better reputation for scoring than I do well, right and now think of back then. A guy who's had 28 in the league, Max Domi, is sitting here in Toronto with all the pressures of Toronto and his dad and all that, waiting for his first one. I'm sure it uh, it's on his mind uh, a little bit. I'm just looking at the goal totals for teams he's played against. He has 13 against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and next closest is seven. Yeah. He um, who's your first career goal against, Kipper? Detroit. Uh... Sammy St. Laurent. Does that sound right? No idea. You tell me. Sammy St. Laurent. Gosh, I think it's Sammy. I haven't said that name in like (laughs) 14 years. Heard that name in 84 years. Sam St. Laurent. Yeah, I mean, this picture, I mean, yeah, he's got the the Jason Voorhees mask. There he is. There he is. There he is. I I was at the Joe Louis, uh, assisted by Alan May, his regular guest. Yeah. And the late Doug Wickenheiser, first pick overall of the Montreal Canadiens. Good goal, lucky goal. Great goal. Oh, yeah? Sid-like. I just chopped <laughs> right at the right in the blue paint, chopped it. Redirect? <laughs> High glove. What, what, yeah. were t- what were we talking about? Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Hit <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. Hey, if you <laughs> dig deep enough, you could find that video. Um, what, if, like, what did that feel like, honestly? Like when uh, you sc- your just, first goal, like, 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 you just euphoric. Christmas. Yeah. Just Christmas. That's what it felt like. What's your favorite goal? Uh, Patrick Waugh in Montreal form. Wow. Ooh, that's a big deal. High glove. Yeah. Wow. Toe dragging it across the blue line. <laughs> Didn't die. That's great. <laughs> there was like seven bodies in front of him, thank God. Or else he would have pulled it out like it was a muffin. That's awesome. Though. I wish I could find that goal, but probably can't find that one either. Nah. No, nah, this is way before Sammy and the internet. Yeah. So do you feel like the, you know, our Canadian teams, the direction they're going, Flames and the Oilers starting to get better? Should we give Kyle Connor a little love yeah, here? Yeah, we're actually do. you know, I'm, one oh of the boy. best goal scorers so far in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I sent you guys today a list of expected goals, uh, just straight up expected goals from athletes. Number one in the NHL, Zach Hyman. Number two is Austin Matthews. Uh, and then it's all the players you ex- would expect, but number three in the league is Kyle Connor. He has been the third best forward at creating what should be goals. Only seven assists, though, Kippy. Who's that? Kyle Connor. Connor. Yeah. <laughs> but he not a centerman. Ah, Doesn't need to be addition magician. <laughs> Center position has to have that element in his game. But the reason I sent you guys that list was, um, shockingly, Nylander's fifth, but Tavares is sixth in Expected goal. So the Leafs have a few guys up there. Yeah, because he's shooting them from the front of the net. Power, the power play, play. Yeah. doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jets are looking pretty good. That's a nice win over the Devils. Without Jack Hughes, I get, but you know, their their goaltending's left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. Devils but, flailing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Three losses in a row, seven, six, and one for a team that I think a lot of us, myself included, yeah. had probably as favorites to win but, the Metro this yeah, year. Yeah, but they, they, they're they're, lose, they're they don't have their best player, one of the best guys in the league. That's a yeah. huge loss. It is, but. You know, other players like Toffoli. Uh, Toffoli might be minus eight, minus ten. He's they're digging pucks out of their own zone here. Yeah, yeah, that that's been a problem for them. Um, the one thing I was going to mention for Canadian teams, um, the Canucks lose Car- uh, Connor Susie, 
which I know does not sound like a big deal. You, no, I think it's a big deal. I do too. I think it's one of those where sometimes you add a defenseman and it sets everyone else up. It puts everyone where they're supposed to be. When you take a guy out, it, it forces people to kind of get re-slotted and not necessarily in a good way. And yeah, the, the Canucks... You know, obviously, I think they're 8-1-1 one one in their last 10. They've been awesome. But, yeah, that'll be a challenge for them to see, you know, their depth will be challenged with that absence. If I'm Craig Conroy, I'm texting a media, some media members being like, boy, they're really asking on. Canucks are really oh, asking yeah. on Zadorov. Drive that price up. It, it appears that Tage Thompson, oof, Mario Jr., yeah, when he's Tage toe Lemieux. dragging, Tage oh, Lemieux. Boys, the Sabres, it's not uh, happening for it's him over. Maybe broken hand, suspected broken Ooh. hand. So, and he went out earlier in the it, game because Charlie McAvoy kicked him. It was, uh, it was ugly. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm also watching like the lower bowl. There's no, doesn't look like any fans are at the game. God, this Empty. is the year they were supposed to turn it around. Yeah. This is the one for me where it was like, okay, yeah. now you have all these ten pole pieces. But I'm watching um, seven, eight, uh, and one. Uh, Levi, yeah. the rookie. Yeah, it's tough coming out of college. Can't be much more. What, 21 years of age? Hey, get us in the playoffs. Come on. I think it's time for Adams to not just say we're growing and we're getting better and you got to make some moves and get that team some help. All right. Oh, shout out. Kyle Pozo, A thousand games in the NHL. Former teammate of mine. Um, Pretty awesome accomplishment. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Good on him. Less than 24 hours for puck drop in Sweden. Uh, That's not true. It's Wednesday. (laughs) We're still so far from hockey. Uh, Just under 48 hours. Tune in tomorrow and we have 11 guests. Oh, my God. (laughs) You got to do another show without a Leaf game? I don't know. Let's make Sam. Our thanks to legend Matt Sundin and Hall of Famer Ken Hitchcock. We're back tomorrow.